Hello, and welcome to Dragonfly Tales, a story podcast with me, Emily, and Leo. Hello! And each episode, we'll tell you a story from around the world and share some fun and silly things with you. So, folks, it's nearly that time of year where we get really, really spooky. Yes, Halloween is coming. And we want your recommendations for spooky stories and songs. Oh, and do you remember last time, Leo, people sent in recordings of spooky jokes? Oh, that would be amazing. Yeah, you can start sending in your spooky jokes again and we'll feature them on the show. We'll have a special guest teller joining us and Leo will be doing his very own spooky story. I sure will. Well, speaking of tellers and their very own stories, we have a youngest teller for this episode. Oh, wow! Her name is Magda. She is 11 and lives in Forest Gate, London. She loves swimming, writing stories and cats. Oh, we love pussycats. Her story is called The Secret Cat Circus. Oh, yes. Didn't her younger sister, Bianca, who is six, draw an amazing picture of her story? Yes, she did. It's brilliant and we've posted it online for the listeners to see. Excellent. So, here is Magda with her story... The Secret Cat Circus. Hello everyone, my name is Magda and I'm 11 years old. Today I'll be telling you a story I made up called The Secret Cat Circus, so let's get started. Every morning when Emma left for work, she left Jessie lying on a pillow in the sun outside. If you didn't know, Jessie was a one-year-old cat who was fluffy and white with very glossy fur and mysterious blue eyes. She loved sleeping, or what Emma thought anyways. Jessie had a secret only a few kittens knew. She went to work too. The moment Emma was out of the house, Jessie climbed the garden tree and pulled at a branch. And out of nowhere, a tabby cat came spinning through the air. He landed next to Jessie with a star and said, Hello, Jessie, I'm your new manager and I have moved the circus right this way. The tabby cat led Jessie down the tree into another garden and through a narrow tunnel. When they came out, they were already backstage and Jessie replied, Wow, this is new. Jessie was surprised because the day before, the tent was in a horrible state. She soon found her dressing room and slipped in a sparkling blue dress and elegant ballet shoes. Then through a speaker on the wall, Lance the tabby cat, or the manager, how you know him, announced, Jessie, you're up next. Be here in a minute. Hurry up. Jessie followed orders and she left the room and looked for the stairs. She wandered up them into a dark small room and suddenly light popped through a closed door, just the perfect size for Jessie to pass. Just then she heard a thundering voice down through the door. Up next is the best type rope walking cat in the whole wide world, walking 180 feet above us and 180 feet over us. Jessie knew what to do and quickly rushed to open the door. She found herself on a balcony above the crowd, without railings by the way, There was a thick rope connected between the current balcony she was standing on and a faraway balcony that she had to reach by crossing the rope. She watched the crowd roaring her name. Jessie! 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 They chanted her name. She knew she couldn't wait any longer. She had to let the world know she was truly the best. 
She took her first step and the crowd gasped in disbelief. She tiptoed elegantly as light as a feather and made her way to the end. But when she reached the middle, she purred in delight and from her pocket, she bought a goldfish and balanced it on her nose. She took two more elegant steps and from behind her, she brought out 10 colorful yarn balls and she began to juggle them. The crowd was going crazy. It was daring enough to walk the tightrope, but with 10 yard balls on hand, it was nearly impossible. Jessie walked to the end, still keeping the goldfish balancing and juggling the yarn. She stepped on the end and she jerked up. She caught the fish midair, and at the same time she directed the balls into her pocket. She beamed happily and yelled, thank you, and slipped through the door down the stairs into her dressing room and undressed. She yawned as she crawled towards the tunnel. She found herself home after a few minutes and sleepily collapsed on her pillow. Later, when Emma returned, she found Jessie sleeping once again and sighed, ah, That cat can sleep all day. Little did she know of her performing talent or where those sparkles in her fur came from. And this happened every day. The end. Thank you for listening. So did you like Magda's story, Leo? Yeah, I thought it was brilliant. What was your favourite bit? My favourite bit was when Jessie was performing. Oh, yeah. She crossed that tightrope incredibly and she was able to do so many cool tricks. That's it. Was it a goldfish balanced on her nose? And yeah. Juggling. Ten balls of yarn. Yeah. Amazing, wasn't it? And I love mm. the way that in Magda's story... Um, Jessie's owner didn't even know. It was a whole secret life that her pussycat has. Yeah. And what else did you like about the way Magda told it? Well, I liked all the accents that she gave the characters. Yeah, she did. She's quite yeah. good at doing accents, isn't she? Mm -hmm. Really, really excellently told. Magda, well done from us. It was lovely. Now, before we do some shout-outs, I'd like to tell our listeners about a wonderful chap I met on the famous Millennium Bridge in Ooh, London. I love the Millennium Bridge. It's so cool, isn't it? His name is Ben Wilson, and he's a very unique kind of artist. How so? Well, he paints pictures on old trodden-in bits of chewing gum. What? That's crazy! I know. You know how people spit their gum out and it gets squashed into the ground and goes all hard and dirty and disgusting? Oh, none of us like that around here. Yeah, and you can see it everywhere, these squash bits of chewing gum. Well, Ben Wilson likes to paint miniature pictures on top of the chewing gum. Whoa. So he's taking something yucky and wasteful and turning it into something beautiful. Indeed. I had a lovely chat with him and he let me film him doing a little picture just near the bridge. He's done thousands and thousands of them all around London and even in Europe too. So there are loads of them on the Millennium Bridge? Yeah. I never noticed them before. Well, that's because you have to remember to look down. Now, Ben really, really needs our support because they're planning to close the bridge for cleaning and repairs. And that means that all of Ben's beautiful little paintings, I think there's maybe nearly a thousand on the bridge, they'll be destroyed. Oh, gosh, what can we do? So he would really like us to sign a petition to keep some of the art on the bridge. 
Definitely, I'll sign it. Oh, brilliant. And we'd really love our listeners to sign the petition also. Be sure to ask your grown-up for help and we'll put a link in the show notes and in our Facebook group. Art isn't just for galleries and museums. Sometimes it can be hidden and magical. Exactly. Well, I think it's time for some shout-outs. Oh, brilliant. Who have we got this week? Well, first, we have a shout-out for mega-fans, Kyla and Zelda, from Lake Forest, California. Hi, Kyla. Hi, Kyla. Hi, Hi Zelda. Thanks, Thanks for, for listening. listening. Next, we have some special birthday shout-outs for super-duper fans, Gwen, who is six, and Senan, who is 11, from Hertfordshire. They loved the Peacock King. Oh, me too. Happy, Happy birthday, Gwen and Senan. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Here's a shout out for Zoe, who is five, and Noah, who is three, all the way in New Zealand. They love to listen to our stories and songs while travelling off on adventures. Kia ora, Zoe. Kia ora, Noah. Thanks for listening. Gosh, New Zealand. Wow. Who's next, Leo? Here's a shout-out for some new listeners. Evelyn, who is six, Jeremiah, who is four, August, who is two, and baby Gabriel from Columbus, Ohio. Hey, Evelyn. Hi, Hi, Jeremiah, August, and Gabriel. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Here's one for Layla in Bournemouth, who recently turned ten. Oh, happy birthday, Layla. Happy birthday, Layla. Thanks for listening. Now to the rolling hills of Pennsylvania, USA. And a shout-out for Sam, who is seven, Pete, who is four, and Kit, who is one. Hi, Hi, folks. Thanks for listening. Here's a shout-out for Asher, who is seven, from South Haven, Michigan, USA. He loves stories of gods and goddesses. Me too. Hi, Hi, Asher. Thanks for listening. And finally, here's a shout-out to Tiger Lily, who's four and she lives in Highbury in London. London. Hi, Hi, Tiger Lily. Lily. Thanks Thanks for listening. Oh, that was brilliant. And remember, if you would like a shout-out on our podcast, then you can either let us know in the Dragonfly Tales Facebook group. We've got a special chat now. Or you can email us at emilydragonflytales at gmail.com. Tell us your age and your town, please. And I'll put all of that in the show notes. So, Emily, what's your story today? Well, Leo, this is one of my favourite stories and it's got lots of different versions from all across the world, uh, from Ethiopia, Japan, Korea. And it's a story about parents and children and arguing. OK, um, sounds familiar. <laughs> now, most of the time we get along pretty well, don't we? Yeah, I hope so. (laughs) But sometimes we don't listen to each other, do we? No. And then this leads to arguing and sometimes shouting. Sometimes. Especially as I'm getting older and I want a bit more independence. Mm -hmm. But sometimes I don't listen and that must be really annoying. Well, it is a bit annoying, actually. But this story is about just that. Listening, trust and patience. How do you think we should start today's story, Leo? I think we should start. There once was a mother who loved her son. Oh, excellent. There once was a mother who loved her son. And the son loved his mother too. 
They were always together. Aww. They would sing songs and tell stories, make messy pictures painting with their hands, bake little treats together. And would they lick the mixture off their spoons? Mm, they would. On rainy days, they'd jump in puddles together and catch raindrops on their tongue. On sunny days, they'd play hide-and-seek in the woods. The mother watched her little boy grow taller. His little feet got bigger and his little fingers grew longer. He held her hand a, a bit less, which was all right. He wanted to be with his friends more, which was all right too. He's growing up, she thought. Soon, her little boy was a bigger boy. Mummy became mum, and he didn't need a light on at night or his bedroom door open anymore. In fact, he liked to keep it closed and have time to himself. Sometimes she'd ask him to do something for her. In a minute. But I'd like you to do it now, please. In a minute. Asking became telling. Telling became arguing. The mother and son found they were arguing a lot. I've asked you over and over. You're not listening to me. Don't you slam the... Open the door. Go away. Open the door. I just want to talk to you. Leave me alone. I'm your mother. Please, let me in. I want to help. You don't talk to me anymore. I said leave me alone. The mother became angry. How can you speak to me like that? I do everything for you. You're rude and, and you're ungrateful. I hate you. How dare you speak to me like that? You can just stay in there. So he did. He wouldn't come out, and he wouldn't talk to her. The mother asked her friends what she should do. Oh, you should force him out. It's your house, after all. You should punish him for being so rude to you. So she tried that, but it didn't work. The son came out and went straight to his friend's house and stayed there all day. When he came home, he went straight to bed. The mother sat outside his room and cried. Why won't he talk to me? The next day, when her son was at school, the mother decided she needed some proper help. So she went to ask for help from someone who lived in the woods. Hey, let me guess. Is this a wise old woman? It is a wise old woman. The mother knocked on the door and entered. The wise woman was sitting by her fire. A fluffy ginger cat was curled up on her lap. Very cute. Meow. What can I do for you? It's, um, it's my son. He says he hates me and, and now he won't speak to me and it's breaking my heart. I love him so much and he doesn't love me. Can you make him love me again? Like he did when he was little? The old woman stared at her. How am I supposed to do that? Oh, I don't know. Um, a, a potion. Maybe a potion. A love potion. Then I can give it to him and all will be well again. Please, you must have, have potions and things like that. I've got a bad feeling about this. The old woman stared at the tearful mother, stroked the fluffy cat who yawned, its long whiskers brushing against her wrinkled hand. A love potion. Very well, I can make you a love potion. 
but it won't be easy. I need a very special ingredient. A tiger's whisker. And it must be plucked from the face of a real, live tiger. How is she supposed to pluck a whisker off a tiger? Won't that make it angry? It might attack her. Well, it just so happens there is a very angry tiger in a cave not too far from here. But but, but that's impossible. The, the, the tiger will kill me. Do you love your son? Do you want the potion? Well, a tiger's whisker is what I need. How you get it is up to you. Now be off with you. I'm busy. Good day. The mother walked home thinking and thinking how to get a tiger's whisker. Have you any ideas, Leo? Hmm. Well, she could distract it with some kind of meat or a fish or something like that. Mm, good plan. Or even some kind of other animal. Maybe. She thought and she thought and by next morning she had a plan. She took a bag and went to the butchers and she bought lots of chunks of meat. Then, with her bag of meat, she headed through the forest to the cave the wise woman had told her about. When she saw the entrance in the distance, she stopped and hid behind a tree. The cave was about a hundred steps away. The mother came out quietly, placed a huge chunk of meat down on the ground and then she ran further back into the forest and she waited. Shh, be quiet. Slowly, cautiously, the tiger emerged from the cave. He was gigantic. Black stripes rippled as he prowled out of the cave, his huge paws not making a sound. The tiger stopped and growled. He sniffed the air and sensed the meat. Moving slowly forward, he came to where the meat lay. And the mother watched silently as the huge beast grabbed the chunk of meat in his razor-sharp teeth and gobbled it up. Can you gobble with me, Leo? Then he turned and he slunk back to his cave. The mother ran all the way home, shaking and shaking. Why do you think she's shaking, Leo? Well, she just saw a tiger and saw what it can do to a piece of meat... But then what can it do to her? I know, exactly. And she's got to get one of its whiskers. Oh, the next day she returned. And this time she dropped a piece of meat a little bit closer to the cave, about 50 steps away. Mm, I get her plan now. Then she hid behind a rock and she watched. Sure enough, out came the tiger, gobbled up the meat and went back into his cave. So she's playing the waiting game. Day after day, the mother did this, each time coming a little bit closer to the mouth of the cave. Twenty-five steps, then ten steps. Eventually, she stopped hiding and she let the tiger see her. She stayed perfectly still as he came out and their eyes met. 
Then the tiger took the meat and was gone. Five steps. Tiger came out, looked at her, ate the meat, went back. The next day, three steps. Until after a whole week, the mother was standing right in front of the cave. She dropped the piece of meat at her feet and waited. This woman is befriending a tiger. I've never seen this in my life. The huge beast came out of the cave right in front of her and the mother froze. Hey there. Good tiger. Nice tiger. Pretty tiger. This is not a house cat. She made gentle noises, singing quietly as the tiger bent down and ate the meat at her feet. He didn't turn away so quickly this time. He licked his lips. His ears twitched. Oh, gosh. He was listening to her singing. She dared to reach down and stroke his furry neck. Good tiger. The next day, she stood at the mouth of the cave with the meat in her hand and no. called to the tiger. Here, tiger. Come, tiger, she sang gently as he came toward her and sniffed the meat in her hand. She felt his rough tongue on her fingers, the softness of his fur, and she saw those beautiful, long whiskers. She carefully stroked his fur, letting her hand slide down towards his nose and holding her breath. Oh, no. She reached for a whisker and... Doink! The tiger didn't even notice. He was too busy gobbling the meat and listening to her singing. Good tiger. When he had gone back into his cave, the mother grasped the whisker tightly in her hand and she ran and she ran through the woods to the wise woman's house. I have it. I have it. I have the tiger's whisker. I did it. I took it from the tiger himself. Here, please. Now, please, make me the potion so my son will love me again. The old woman took the whisker and held it up. Very good. It is indeed the whisker of a live tiger. She stood up, walked over to the fire and threw the whisker into the flames. What? Why would she do that? The mother screamed, No! Do you know what it took for me to get that? Why did you do that? She sank to her knees and watched as the whisker hissed and sizzled and was gone. The old woman sat back down and looked kindly at the mother. There is no potion that will make your son love you. What? He already loves you. 
Then, then why did you... My child, what you have done this past week took great care and great patience. Over time, you gained the trust of a dangerous wild beast. Hmm. Now, is your son more vicious than a tiger? Go home to him. You know exactly what to do now. I get it. Oh. And so did she. The mother went home and for the next few days she kept herself busy. She prepared food which the son ate silently. She began humming to herself little songs she used to sing him. After one meal he said, Thank you. And went off to his room. And slowly, slowly that door began to open again. And in his own time, he said, Mummy, I'm having a hard time at school. Oh, do you want to talk about it? Yeah. And so they did. The, the End, end. So, Leo, did you like that story? Oh, I thought it was brilliant. It's good, isn't it? What was your favourite bit? Well, I like how, in the end, the old woman wasn't even going to make a potion. She mm. was just showing the mother how to be patient with her son. Exactly right. And it's such a good story. And we, we can all do with a bit more patience, mm. don't you think? I agree. Taking our time, listening to each other. I think it's really important. So that's it for this episode. Thanks to Magda for her fabulous story and we'll have another guest teller coming soon. And please remember to support Ben Wilson and his petition and keep his lovely little paintings alive on Millennium Bridge. And if you're enjoying our podcast, you can leave us a review saying how much you love us. Five stars, please. And if you can, make a little donation on the website to keep us going. And thank, thank you, you so much. much. You have been listening to Dragonfly Tales with Emily and Leo. We hope you enjoyed our podcast and we'll be back with another story soon. But until then, if ever you can't see the wood from the trees, take a breath, try tenderness and patience. Please. Bye. Bye. podcast is brought to you by Emily, Leo and Andy at Dragonfly Tales. Join our Dragonfly Tales podcast group on Facebook, find us on Instagram at Dragonfly Tales Pod and follow us on Twitter at Emily Dragonfly. Okay, um, sounds familiar. <laughs>